And now, live, it's time. Carr will go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts, middle walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with uh, Suffolk all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. Gets the handoff, bust toward the end. Jackpot, baby. Pinion Drake takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. And Daniel Carlson is on to put a little frosting on the cake. A little 47-yarder. Jackpot, baby! Let's go to Cincinnati! Yeah, baby! JT with you. It's Friday on Raider Nation Playoff Radio. On 9.20 a.m. and streaming on the Raiders mobile app. Thanks a lot, everybody, for a tremendous week. What a dream to host this show as the Raiders are in the playoffs here and now got to win a playoff game. And that will be the focus of the show today as we're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the Strat, the Stratosphere. Now the Strat, Arizona Charlie, 64-plus taverns here in the Valley Everything they do, Sammy Hagar residency starting up at the Strat again. Everybody get excited for PTs. If you're looking for a spot to hang out and watch the Golden Knights, food, gaming, have a great time. PTs, they fuel the monologue. Well, I got a quick two-hour show. Big night last night, big night tonight. We'll be at the M. I'm checking into the M. I'm ready to roll. We got a big pregame show coming up tomorrow, Saturday, instead of Sunday or Monday. And the Raiders have their back up against the wall after playing late into Sunday night in one of the most epic regular season games of all time. The Raiders quickly have to bounce back and get a win in Cincinnati. Win at all costs. And that's the focus of the show today, especially the first hour. We're loaded up a little bit more on the back of the show, so if you want to get through now, I want to hear from the best of the best of the Raider Nation quickly on how they win this game, the key to the game, We talked about the game plan this week. I'll get into it a little bit more here in the monologue. But whatever it takes. It's really hard to predict wins, isn't it? It's hard to say who you're going to beat. You're supposed to beat the Jets and the Jaguars. You're supposed to beat the bad teams in your division. So as we went week by week this year, this year was such a roller coaster. I never thought the team would start off 3-0. But they beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh right out of the gate. Two very good teams. Pittsburgh's a playoff team. And Baltimore's a perennial playoff team that came down to their last game of getting in the playoffs. They had a couple of bad games against Kansas City. After beating Kansas City last year in Kansas City, back to square one with Kansas City dominating the Raiders. And that's not good because Kansas City's in the division and they're not going anywhere with Patrick Mahomes. But then the split against the Chargers was incredible. The Sunday night win that knocked the Chargers out of the postseason, put the Raiders into the postseason. And then you sprinkle in Thanksgiving in Dallas, one of the most watched games in NFL history, period. And some other wins, you know, the sweeping of the Broncos. I love it. Now, I was telling a friend the other night, one of my favorite things about this team is what they did to other teams this year. What they did to other teams this year. What they did to other teams is they eliminated them from the playoffs. Now, you can look at the calendar and micromanage the calendar, but they eliminated Cleveland from the playoffs. They were dead after that game. They eliminated Indianapolis from the playoffs. They were dead after that game. They ended up losing in Jacksonville. And then they eliminated the Chargers and Boy Blunder, Brandon Staley. 
That's pretty cool. That's really good that the four games that they won down the stretch, including Denver, which cost Vic Fangio his job. I don't want to see anybody get fired, but the reason why Vic Fangio got fired was the Las Vegas Raiders. It wasn't that Vic Fangio didn't have a quarterback or Vic Fangio's a defensive head coach. No, 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 no. Vic Fangio got fired because he was swept by the Las Vegas Raiders two years in a row. And they hate the Raiders in Denver. That's why he's fired. So the Raiders have done some damage this year, everybody. They have really caused havoc in the NFL recently over this last month. But as I awoke today, I'm seeing the same thing on the debate shows. Everybody's saying, ah, you know, the Raiders, they gave everything just to get in. They're going to run out of gas. They're not going to have anything left. The defense played 90 snaps. They played into overtime. They got to play on a short week. It was great just to get there. I heard that today. It was great just to get there. As Brent Musburger would say, these scoundrels, they don't learn. They still don't think the Raiders can do it. Las Vegas doesn't even think the Raiders can do it. The Raiders are a five-and-a-half-point underdog. It's a lot of points. So most people like the Raiders' story, and they're respecting how they're playing and how they're winning as of late, but they're looking at the team saying that the party's over. This is it. They've overcome everything just to get to the playoffs, and they're happy to be there. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. My conversation with Rich Passaccia at the top of next hour, this team takes it one play at a time, one game at a time. They are focused every day at practice. They are not just happy to be there. Max Crosby, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Daniel Carlson, they want to play in the playoffs. They want to be on TV. They want to make more money. They want to make playoff money. They want to have careers that are defined by the playoffs. So this team is resilient, and I expect them to play very, very hard. Now, could they run out of gas on the road in the fourth quarter? They could if they're on the field too long. But if Josh Jacobs is running the football and Max Crosby sitting on the bench having a glass of Gatorade, cup of Gatorade, and he doesn't have to play as many snaps, it'll change the game. Joe Burrow takes a lot of sacks, and that's scary. The reason he takes sacks isn't because he's a bad quarterback. He takes sacks because he waits, waits, waits for his receivers to get open. And his receivers are scary because they're really fast and they get open deep downfield. So Burrow will take a sack on second down. But on third down, he's going to throw to make up the yardage he lost on the sack. And it's a 500- and a 400-yard game this year. He is scary. I think he's probably in the same ballpark as Justin Herbert, who the Raiders just beat. But I'd rather play a guy like Joe Burry or Burrow early in his career than in year 7, 8, 9, 10. You know, Derek Carr in his eighth year uh, playing this long, Derek Carr's got a lot of experience. Derek Carr's got a tremendous amount of experience. So this is when Derek is in his sweet spot to make the playoffs, say, a couple of years in a row and go on a Super Bowl run if the roster gets better because he is in the peak of his prime. Joe Burrow's nowhere near the start of his prime. The start of the prime of Herbert and Burrow is like two or three years from now. Do you understand Aaron Rodgers didn't play his first three seasons? Let that sink in for a second. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers was playing early in his career. Well, he was behind Brett Favre, and they were pretty good. But he didn't have those 4,000-yard years early and those 30 touchdowns, and now he does every year because he's in his prime. Derek is now in the sweet spot of his prime. He's got to go win playoff games. That's what defines you as a Raider quarterback. 
Daryl LaMonica, an AFL title, okay, an MVP, an AFL MVP, a, a world champion in the AFL, Jim Plunkett, a two-time Super Bowl champion, and the late, great Kenny Stabler. Rich Gannon became an MVP and played in the Super Bowl, right, won an AFC championship game to lead the Raiders to a Super Bowl. These are all things that Derek strives to be, and he can do that by first beating Cincinnati, a team that I don't think is a great team. They're not a great team. I have all the stats in front of me. They're a very good team, and they deserve to be respected, but they are not a great team. So I think they got a pretty good draw here. They did, but it doesn't matter if they don't win the game. Then we'll go right back into the offseason. We'll be talking about all issues surrounding this team. The good news for the Raiders, we don't have to do that today. Today we can assume that they're going to win. We can assume they're going to win, and we can have fun on the radio celebrating this year. That's what I choose to do. So I'm ready to roll. 702-365-9200. Rich Passaccia a little bit later. Ben Lieber, a former uh, linebacker for the Vikings, who's now doing the game. He's on the call. I, I found this out, which is really cool. Ben Lieber is going to be on the sidelines for the Bengals and the Raiders on the national radio call on Westwood One. So he's going to check in next hour. And then other than that, I just want to take a few phone calls, relax, have my bucket of Modellos, enjoy the sun outside today. I got family in town, going to be at the M tomorrow, resting up for the M in the pre- and post-game show. We have expanded coverage tomorrow at the M. So look, the M's hard to get to if you're not on that side of town. For everybody else, it's pretty easy. You just jump on the 15 and get off at Southern Highlands. It's right there. And the place is gorgeous. They got the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Beautiful casino, restaurants, and come on in and hang out with us. We got the Coors Light Zone right outside there, and there all day tomorrow. And I'm excited to be there, and we'd love to entertain you. Eric Allen's going to be there. Bruce Gradkowski's coming. James Harris, former Raider. There's going to be a lot of people around. We got full coverage from Q on the early pregame show right into Eric Allen and I. Bruce Gradkowski's going to help us out too. And then hopefully a victory postgame show. And then I'm off on Sunday and hope to be basking in the victory of the silver and black with everybody else out there. I think the key to this game, I'm going to say that at the top of each hour, I think the key to this game now is Josh Jacobs. I didn't think I'd say that all year. I was very disappointed in his season. But I also know that he was injured more than he led on to. He's been banged up. And Josh Jacobs was good for 50 yards every game for most of the season. I don't care about that anymore. Josh has been explosive in the last two games. Josh Jacobs has been incredible in the last two games. It's just been great to see. He had 132 yards. 130 of it came after contact. So Josh Jacobs actually wants the contact now. He relishes in it. He's bouncing off defenders, and he's picking up additional yards. I always think the strength of the Raiders is the passing game and Derek Carr. I think if the Raiders are going to win, they're going to have to score. I told you this game would get into the 30s against the Chargers. I was right. Because of the weather and the cold, I don't think it'll get into the 30s. It might get into the high 20s, 28-26, 27-24. There's going to be times in this game where Derek Carr is going to have to make big throws. Not one a quarter. I'm talking about two or three a drive and early in that game. If you want to run the ball to set up the pass, I'm fine with that. If you want to throw deep to set up the run, go do that. Derek talked about it this week in the press conference. 
on how he's more comfortable now taking shots, even if they're intercepted. He knows that he trusts his guys to go get the ball. And Zay Jones plays a very important role going forward. And finally, Darren Waller. You know, I don't know how many times Darren Waller is going to play in the playoffs, but this is one of them. And he got healthy in time to come back and help beat the Chargers. He should be much healthier this week. He had 116 yards in the first game against Cincinnati. If he can go over 100 yards now, it would really help out this team. Uh, Darren could really help out this team if he gets back to the Darren Waller of last year. We need the Darren Waller of last year to jump in in this game and be explosive again. Most of the country hasn't seen Darren Waller play in the last two months. They're all going to be tuning in for the playoffs. It'd be great if Waller showed up and had an epic performance. Let's begin on the phones with Jay in the Bay Area. Jay, thanks for calling the flagship. How are you? I'm doing fine. What's happening, JT? I'm pumped. I'm stoked. I'm jacked. I'm ready to do this. The, the keys to me, you know, I agree. I've been talking to you since the 1900s. And, you know, this is our time. We, our strategy is to run, 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 JJ. Run them all day. You know, the, the Bengals, we have beat the same common opponents. We beat the Ravens. They beat the Ravens. We beat Pitt. They beat Pitt, Denver, and Browns. We're very mirror of each other. Mad Max getting to uh, Burroughs is going to be the key right there. Their offensive line has given up 51 sacks to these we, this is the game where our defense can dominate. We can pound the ball. It will be cold. And guess what, baby? Just win. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, just win the game. Just go out and win the game and do it at all costs. But there's got to be some technical issues with this game. The weather, the weather, the kicking game. You know, I tweeted this out yesterday from someone else who tweeted at me about keys to the game. And I said that Daniel Carlson's got to make at least three field goals. I'm really into that field goal number. And the analytics of that. Now, I think a kicker in every game should have 12 points. If you have an extra point for every touchdown, you get three touchdowns. That's three extra points. And then if you get three field goals, that's nine points. So I like when a kicker gets double-digit points. I don't believe that the Raiders should shut it down in the red zone. But if they're outside the red zone and they can't score, then they have to bring in Daniel Carlson. And Carlson's going to have to score for the Raiders in this game. Everybody, do you understand that Daniel Carlson has broke the single-season scoring title for the Raiders with 150? He's a scorer, okay? He puts up more points than the wide receivers and tight ends. We need him to score in this game. He's got to come out of this game with 10 to 13 points. I think three made field goals, and we know what he can do with the walk-off field goals. A passionate Raider in the first hour. Go ahead. Thanks for checking in. What's up, JT, man? I'm feeling it today, JT, but you know what? I'm going to keep my head on straight this week because this, this, this is, this is, this is un, untainted ground we're stepping on, man, and we've got to come out and we've got to control the clock and we've got to hold on to the football. This football ball security is going to be our biggest key tomorrow going into this game. Josh let the ball go a little sideways on Sunday, and it was kind of scaring me a little bit. It honestly was sitting there watching it, man. Every time I'm like, Josh, tuck it up. Tuck that ball up. Derek, Derek cannot get complacent in the pocket this week. We know how big a game Waller had last time against Cincinnati. We know he's a mismatch against that team. But we cannot. I've been listening to it all day, too, JT. The only person that gave us props on national television this morning was Peter Swagger on Good Morning Football, man. 
And that's what I woke up to, JT. And I have been on fire since. He popped the, the hoodie down with Max Crosby. The auto wind started rolling. And he knows that this team has something special brewing in the locker room. We keep it rolling. Protect that ball, JT. Protect that ball. Derek, protect the ball. Score seven instead of three. Yes, we need those three field goals again. I completely agree, JT. But we have to put seven on the board at least three times in that red zone tomorrow. Has to be seven. I got faith Derek's going to come out cocky tomorrow. I got faith this whole team's going to come out tomorrow and lay the smack down on their candy ass. Let's go, JT. Let's talk on Monday, Victory Monday, and let's get it going because you ain't going golfing yet, JT. You ain't going golfing yet. We ain't done. <laughs> yeah, brother. you're right about we that. Thanks, done. passionate Raider. I'll be on Saturday night. I'll be on Saturday afternoon yeah. after the game, so I don't have to wait till Monday. And, yes, I don't want to go golfing. I don't want to take my Florida trip just yet. I need a decompression chamber for this season. I need to go in a bubble or some chamber in my house and just sit there and let the season wash over me <laughs> and figure out what we went through this year. It's incredible. I think it goes fast when I'm in this. I love it. I love what I do, as you know. But it was a long, long season, a very long season. And the amount of brain cells that were lost for me on the radio this year, I don't know how to regenerate those brain cells. A lot was lost. There were a lot of dark days this year. But the good stories far outweigh the bad. Now, the good stories now of football. I mean, I'm just talking football games, not what happened with rugs and all that, because that's just awful. Nothing can overcome that. Nothing can overcome the death of Tina Tintor. Nothing. Okay? And we've made that clear every time that topic came up. But when it comes to football, and now the good, now it's good times. I mean, it's not, hey, the worst thing's going to happen. They're going to lose this way or that way. They can't win. They're going to choke at the end. Now everybody's talking about them winning at all costs, which I love. Reminds me of the old days, 702-365-9200. Fargo Raider is up next. Thanks for checking in. Hey, JT, Bobby, thank you guys for taking my call. And I love that you brought me in on that note because we're going to need that old Raider heart and mentality to win this game. I am reminded of that Maverick that's the father of this nation that made it what it is, and all he said one of his greatest things, in my opinion, was the will or the fire that burns brightest in the Raiders organization is the will to win. And that's what I see in their eyes these days. When I see Max, a man who urinates energy drink because he has a battery that won't quit, I see a winning mentality, a winning attitude. I see a leader. And I see that in Carr's eyes, the cursing car we get now that gets fired up on the sidelines. So I want to see them go in there, and I want to see them try their hardest and if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So on that note, thank you for taking my call, JT. Thank you. Thanks for everybody who's calling the show. Appreciate everybody checking in. The loyalty to this time slot has been amazing. From people who have been listening to me since 1998 on the Raiders pre- and post-game show to this year, 2021, now 2022. Greatly appreciate the support here. Couldn't do it without you. I'm a one-man show with Bobby back there pressing all the buttons. And uh, we do it as a one-man show every day. And we really respect and, and appreciate the people who check in, the callers, who are very resilient. Last night, I had an amazing night. I went and saw Beatles Love at Mirage. My sister, my brother-in-law in town, another couple. It was mind-blowing. I want to stop and point out those performers, those Cirque du Soleil performers who performed with a mask on. They all had to wear a mask. 
can't have the mask. So the show must go on. And I recently saw the Beatles documentary by Peter Jackson on Disney Plus, which was incredible. So it was remastered. The music is incredible. Every song is an iconic, legendary song. And these artists who perform and what they do, they put their life on the line. They're on the roof. They're on the roof of this theater. And they are twirling and spinning and dive bombing with the music going on. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat. Incredible. So after that, we went to Resorts World. What a time in Resorts World. Thanks to Scott Sabella, Dave Erie, everybody who showed up to throw a great night for my family. We went to the 8th Cigar Lounge, smoked great cigars, drank Remy Martin, had an incredible meal. It's just great. Whenever I walk into Resorts World, I show it off to my friends and family. I'll be at Resorts World on Monday night for Monday Night Football's playoff game. But what a time last night at Resorts World. You walk around that place, it's invigorating. It makes you feel alive that Vegas is back. It's back at Resorts World. Thanks for a great night out there, everybody. And at the Mirage, an awesome time at the Mirage at Beatles Love. Go, go to that show and listen to the music and stand and clap for these performers on the strip who are performing during a pandemic with masks on and the show must go on. It was very inspiring last night. I'm inspired to talk to you as the Raiders are in the playoffs on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. Well, I think, uh, you know, first of all, with, uh, with Burrow and Chase, uh, I mean, they just have a great relationship. You can tell there's a lot of trust between those two. And I think they, you know, he knows where he's going to be. He knows that he gives them an opportunity. He's going to win the majority of the throws that he gets to him. So there's it, just a tremendous lot of confidence between the two. Gus, who said it first? I did. Get on the bus with Gus. I like that hire. He's a head coach. An architect of the Legion of Boom. L.O.B. There's a lot of good stuff about Gus. Stabilizing the defense. I like Paul Gunther. I, I knew him pretty well. I like Paul Gunther. His kids were going to the high school. My kids were going for I wanted to see Gunther do well. I think he was, a, in principle, a good, solid defensive coordinator. Speaking of Cincinnati, he did a nice job there. The problem with the Raiders before they let him go, is the defense wasn't lined up correctly with younger players who were inexperienced and needed better coaching. Ron Malias, the player, the coaches that came in, Rod Marinelli, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth on that defensive coaching staff. A lot of them came from the Chargers, and they're lined up better. So their film study seems to be a little bit tighter, and the best players are out there. Diablo over Littleton. How many times did we sit here on this show saying that we'd like Littleton to become a better player because they went out and got a player who was supposed to develop into a pro bowler, right? Nick Witkowski wasn't playing much in Chicago special teams. He got in here and there. So he was coming to the Raiders to be a starting linebacker. Didn't work out. Littleton with the Rams, emerging with the Rams, making a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage fast. Well, the Raiders go, we're going to get that guy. He's about to become a pro bowler. Didn't do it. So they next man up, man. 
Get off the field. Divine Diablo, you come in. And if someone gets hurt, Littleton, you come back in. You have a wealth of experience. You can play. You just haven't lived up to your ability to play. And then we see John Hankins, who we had on the show this week. Quentin Jefferson. Phylon before he got hurt. Solomon Thomas. They were all brought in to make plays in some type of rotation with Carl Nassib, Yannick Ngakwe, Malcolm Kuntz. The core of these guys on defense are really good because no one thought when they drafted Max Crosby that he could be a perennial pro bowler. Max is in the pro bowl now, everybody. He's got to stay in the pro bowl, right? So they got value out of Max. Now they got to sign him. They got to keep him in the pro bowl as a leader of this team. And then Trayvon Merrick's got to develop into a pro bowler, not a good player. Uh, Jonathan Abram keeps getting injured, showing a little bit of improvement. I think a lot of improvement in the run game. Another guy right on the edge of being a very good player if he takes the right steps to do that. Casey Hayward, a brilliant signing. Experience and stability. Got an interception against his former team. Trufant can play in big games. Trayvon Mullen, I think a cornerstone player on this defense who needs to get healthy and be ready to go next year. So there's a core group of players on defense that Gus Bradley, Rod Marinelli, Rich Passaccia, all the coaches have gotten a lot out of. So there's 11 defensive players. You got about seven or eight who are really good. Then you go into free agency next year. You make a trade. You draft a guy who hits. And now you're talking about a real good defense that could be good for a while. I like the defense because the defense is owning it. They are getting off the field, and they're giving the ball back to Derek. And Derek's making really clutch plays, but they're not making enough plays on offense in the course of a football game. They're not. They're not making enough plays. They're making enough plays in the fourth quarter in low-scoring games that win the game or get Carlson in field goal range. They got to make more plays. They did against Dallas. They did against the Chargers. Don't we all agree they're going to have to play that type of game against Cincinnati? I don't see a 17-14 game. I don't see a 21-17 game. I think the game's going to be in the high 20s. And Carr's going to have to play at a faster pace and get this team lined up right and make some plays. I'm expecting this. They've got to play better on offense. They have to play better and more explosive on offense, and it's got to happen now on Saturday. Got to rest that defense, everybody. This offense has got to live up to what the defense is doing. Jay in Vegas, you're up next on the flagship station of the Raiders. Go ahead. Appreciate you taking my call, JT. I'm with you with the defense, uh, uh, JT. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say the L word, but if this game doesn't go our way, uh, I don't think uh, it's be, it'll have to do with the defense. Uh, JT, and and I say that because uh, after looking at the game uh, earlier this year, this defense is playing a lot better than the defense that played against the Bengals earlier this year. And the defense that played earlier this year did a great job uh, uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Burrow and Jamar Chase. So I, I got the utmost confidence in, in Gus Bradley. And as far as Diablo, man, uh, the only thing that came out uh, at, at good out of that Kansas City game, uh, JT, was when they put in Diablo. And he hasn't looked back. He he. He grabbed that position, that starting position by the by the horns, and he hasn't looked back. And man, and and he didn't really play in the first game, uh, JT. He was still uh, uh, getting special team reps, and now he's he's the starter. So I think he's going to be uh, a, a big key uh, as far as the defense. But look, JT, you want you want specifics, and I'm going to tell you specifics on what I want offensively, JT, and what I need to see specifically 
is 22 personnel, JT. I need two tight ends and two running backs. I need Josh Jacobs and either Peyton Barber with him or, or Jalen Richard uh, in there with him. Look, I've been hard on Josh Jacobs almost all year, but he's answered the bell. And he has a hot hand right now, and I think it's going to be imperative, especially with the weather, that we get Josh Jacobs going because that's going to, that's going to open up Derek Carr. And uh, also, uh, specifically what I want to see when they're in 22 personnel is I want to see uh, Deshaun Jackson out there because it'll keep that defense honest. Um, also, JT, um, what I want to see is if the Raiders are on their own, uh, say, 35, 40-yard line, JT, and they're on a third and long. I love that, that Derek Carr now is taking those shots and he's calling them, you know, basically glorified punts. What yeah. I would like to see as far as uh, use, how they're using Mariota, I would love to see if they would take a shot uh, with Mariota in there and do a play action because I'm telling you, the whole world is going to think that he's either going to keep the ball or he's going to hand the ball over. And I think if we do a play action off that uh, uh, read option and take a shot deep, it's a glorified punt. Man, you got to leave everything out on the table, JT. And mm-hmm. I'm expecting a, a great win this Saturday. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, the, Derek's taking more shots downfield, which are really important, and he's going to have to continue to do that. And you can get a flag. I've told you all year long. Third and anything over ten with this team. Third and twelve. Third and thirteen feels like third and forty. And a couple of people have even told me that at the game when I mentioned that. I don't know why they don't want to attack the chains on third down and throw underneath. It's always going to be open underneath. Come on. Third and 13, third and 17, anybody can dump it off for 11 yards and punt. Throw it to the chains and get a flag. Get a flag or let a receiver make a play. Now, you got to be careful on that. You can't do that in your own end. You can't do that on your own 20. But there are spots where you can throw a deep ball and get a flag. You know, the referees have never been kind to the Raiders. And I hope the Raiders play a really, really, really clean game. I hope we're not watching this game and the Raiders are playing well and Burrow fades back and throws it to Chase and there's two flags holding. If it's a five-yard hold, that's one thing. But if it's a hole in the end zone and they get a first and goal with Mixum, first down, they're going to score. It's a lock they're going to score if they get shots at the goal line. So I'd like to see Derek attack a little bit more too. I think he's doing it. What's great about Derek... What's fantastic about Derek is that Derek's making the best clutch throws that I've ever seen him make, and I've been with him from day one. The clutch throws with the game on the line in the fourth quarter, the pass to Zay Jones, that out route, was one of the best thrown balls. He fitted in beautifully. Some of those crossing routes to Renfro, what we saw in that last pass to Renfro in Indy, that we thought Renfro scored, but he was touched on the cleat, and they milked the clock to win it with the kick, one of the best throws he's ever made. He's got a number of those under his belt recently that should give him confidence going into Cincinnati. Uh, Dustin, uh, Dino in Vegas. Dino, you're up next. Thanks for waiting. All right. Now? Go ahead, Dino. Hey, what up? Uh, JT, Dino from Sand Dollar. Just wanted yep. to say, uh, shout out the whole Raider Nation. We, all, we, did, we made it to the playoffs, and now we just got to play hard. I'd like to see, uh, you know, Waller get some more catches and, you know, keep – keep going with the ground game but overall i think they found a formula for success and and i'm a believer man i, I think they could eat they'll beat the Bengals and maybe go on a little run here yeah i would love to see them i appreciate the call dino good job at the sand dollar i'll say this again they're the raiders if the lower seeds underneath the raiders lose 
okay, New England, if you look at the teams behind the Raiders in the standings, if they lose and the Raiders are the highest of the low seeds left, they're going to have to play in Nashville, and I love that matchup all day long. I would love the Raiders to play the Titans more so than Kansas City. Eventually, you've got to beat Kansas City or someone's got to knock Kansas City out. But I'd love to see the Raiders go from the Bengals right into Nashville. Oh, I'd love that. Take that chance all, all day long. Carr versus Tannehill. I look at it very basic. I look at it as Carr versus who? Carr just beat Herbert. He did. Herbert made some unique throws in that game, which were magical. I'm telling my brother-in-law last night, we're having a cigar over at 8 at Resorts World, and he was explaining to me because he, he listens to the show, and he goes, man, you're really high on this Justin Herbert. I go, yeah, he might be the best I've ever seen. He said, what? I said, yeah, I've been going to football games. I was at Super Bowl 25 with Jim Kelly. I've seen John Elway win the Super Bowl in the – John Elway. I said, Justin Herbert, with my eyes, all the football that I've seen live could be, at this age, the best. Better than Aaron Rodgers, better than Favre, better than anybody I've seen, and I've seen them all. So that's what I think of that guy. And Carr outplayed him in crunch time, making those throws. That throw to Zay was as good as anything that Herbert made in that game. Now, Herbert's better than Carr talent-wise, but Carr can have a better game than Mahomes. He did last year in Kansas City, or a better game than Herbert from time to time. But damn, we got two great quarterbacks in this division. And they're going nowhere, and they're both young. That's why Derek has a window as I bring in Raider Mike, the legendary Raider Mike. Mike, how many times you've been at my house, we've been tailgating together, that we talk about Carr and the moment for Carr. Well, here's another one for him, Raider Mike. Dude, man, hey, Brick, man, I'm back in SoCal and hanging out with my friend Dave. We're sitting here watching the, uh, watching the tube. And uh, you were just talking about the refs. I'll get the car in a minute. You were just talking uh, about the refs. Dude, do you realize we got Jerome Boger working the game? Are you freaking kidding me, man? <laughs> that dude, he hates the Raiders. And I just, oh, my gosh. Okay, so he's not Cleet Blakeman. Okay, but, uh, yeah, our quarterback, man, and, and – and I'm the first one to uh, I'm the first one to give the guy credit. I'm like I'm not not one of those guys that that just hates the guy. I hate when he doesn't play well. And he he he's had times these last four weeks where yeah he's made some boneheaded plays. But what gets me JT is is the defense is stepping up and they're creating opportunities for this guy to come through in the clutch and he's doing it. Man, I'm telling you, this last game against the Bolts that was a playoff game. And for dude to lead them back down the field and, and make some of those passes. And it, you could tell it's opening up the entire offense. You know, Jake running the ball, the offensive line going downhill. None, you know, it, people are crediting in the defense. And, and, yeah, the fact that we're able to put pressure on the quarterback without blitzing is huge. And the Raiders haven't had a defense like that in years. But to have a quarterback – that can come in and make these clutch plays and make these clutch throws and, 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 and have enough mobility to still not get sacked. I mean, that's huge. And, it's, and we're not doing anything without Derek Carr. And unless our quarterback has a good game on, on uh, Saturday, you know, it's not going to end well. I, and, and I just found out a minute ago that Jerome Boger is going to rest the game. And I'm like, oh, my God, that crew is one of the worst in football. But we can't, you know, maybe that's just something else that we're going to have to come up against. The short week going in there on a Saturday. You know, hey, bring it on. You know, I don't want to play Sunday and wait one more day. This team is red hot. Let's go ahead and get after it right now. And I'm telling you one thing right now, and I, I've, I've been calling the, 
Raider Nation Radio all week. I, I was saving you for last on Friday. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really worried about this game because right now, this this you can't explain what's going on right now with this football team. They're playing. I'm more proud of this Raider team than any team in history, and they've been some good ones, dude. And, and, and look at Cincinnati. All those guys are young. Burrow, Mixon, their their receivers, they're all young. They don't have any experience playing in the playoffs. I mean, the Raiders have they're coming off of two straight playoff games. So I mean. The, the six and a half points, the, the spread, yeah, that's the short week. That's the home field for them. Yeah, there, there may be some weather, but, but I'm really liking it, man. And we just got to go in and, like I said, man, just roll the bones and the rest will take care of it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. One of the legends all time, Raider Mike. I don't know many people I, I hold in esteem honor as a Raider caller and a Raider legend than Raider Mike. Goes back to day one with me. Yeah, it's another guy that's been hard on Carr. Wants more out of Carr. He wants better quarterback play out of Derek Carr. We all do. And, and we get it. We get it, but can we get it in the playoffs? Can we get it in a game like this? I'm not going to define Derek Carr by this game, everybody. Uh, this is not my first rodeo. I am not going to define Derek Carr by this game. He's got a long career. He's a very good player in this league at a very high end. He's won a lot of games. But he will be defined by what he does in that uniform, silver and black, in the playoffs. That's where all these quarterbacks are defined. And he's got an opportunity now. And he's mentally ready to do it. He's healthy. He's been banged up a little bit, taking a lot of hits in games. But we got Carr okay coming in, beating Justin Herbert, beating Carson Wentz, right? Having a season this year where he beat Lamar Jackson. He beat Ben Roethlisberger. Very impressive. Now he's got to go out and beat a young Joe Burrow. That's not a Herculean effect to go beat a young Joe Burrow. Beat Joe Burrow 10 years from now, that's something. It's kind of like playing Aaron Rodgers in his first couple of years. Get him now. Get him early and put his ass on the ground. Mad Max Crosby is going to have to be the X factor in this game. Max is being held. He's being held. He's being held. I need the referees to do a better job. They're holding Max. They're holding him as he turns the corner. They're holding him at the point of attack. I need the referees to do a better job and see the obvious holding on Mad Max Crosby, the pro bowler, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. They're holding him. I need some flags on that. need some flags. And if you bring the double team over to Max, then Yannick Ngakwe's got to step up and play great. This is what we're talking about. Jump on in. Next hour, Ben Libre will join us, former linebacker for the Vikings. He's working the sidelines of this game for Westwood 1. And we'll talk about what happened around the league with all these coaches getting fired. It's the same number every year. Six coaches come, six coaches get fired. A lot of talk about coaching around the league. The Raiders have a head coach. He'll join us at the top of the hour. His name is Rich Basaccia. Show the man the respect that he deserves. We have a tough matchup with Joe and their team this week, and they beat us already. So, um, you know, there's no no pressure on us, man. You know, uh, I'm just going to go out there and do my best as a 30-year-old old man, I guess. I guess I'm not one of the young guys now, um, even though we can play till we're 40-ish. Um, you know, I guess as the old guy, I'll just go out there and give it my best shot and see what happens. 
Uh, Derek Carr, we're all pulling for him. Matter of fact, I tweeted out three years ago today, on this day three years ago, I emceed the Raiders' groundbreaking ceremony in Henderson for their Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, I got the shovel. Uh, Derek was there for that. That was a pretty cool day. They had the bulldozers behind us, and I'll never forget that day. Three years ago, just a bunch of dirt out there in Henderson. Every time I go out to the facility now, if you've been out there driving around, Amazon, seeing all those new construction sites going up, what Mark Davis is doing with the WNBA and the Aces, building their headquarters, a lot has changed out there in three years. I mean, you know, I have to take a helicopter from my house to Henderson every day uh, to beat the traffic, but it's been a lot of fun. Dustin in Sacramento, you're up next on the on the flagship of the Raiders in the playoffs. How's that sound, Dustin? Oh, my God, it sounds so great. It's been since I was just graduated high school since the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs. This is incredible. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say the defense has got me so stoked. I mean, who doesn't like number 34 and number five at linebacker? I think they're going to be key this week. And really what I called about was, though, uh, a big picture, man. Like, uh, my son's nine years old. He goes to school here in Northern California with Cowboy and 49er fans. He's the only kid on the flag football team running Hunter Renfro routes. Like, this is a big deal. Like, huge, incredibly, like, for all gener- for our, the next generation of Raider fans, we mm-hmm. making this playoffs and not just making the playoffs and being satisfied. they got to go out there and, and just play. I think the linebackers are the key this week. Well, Dustin, I'll tell you this real quick because i got to go, but, you know, the Raiders left the Bay Area, and it hurts. It hurts for the fans that are up there like you. But how terrible is the Bay Area media? To not even mention the Raiders. When I when I was up there doing my legendary two-hour show and they asked me at the end not to talk Raiders after I built them for six figures for 11 months and they said, can you stop talking Raiders? I said, what? On the flagship station in a meeting, can you stop talking Raiders? I said, you got to be out of your mind. You're the flagship of the Raiders. You, you remember that? Yeah, man. Ugh. Oh. Hey, I remember, I remember going to the Commitment Excellence Center with you, JT, and sitting next to Mark Davis and pouring you guys some yeah. wine and treating you like family, man. Like, that's the Raiders I know. I don't know what these guys are talking about. I don't know <laughs> other fans of other Thank teams you. around here. They don't know what they're talking about. Appreciate the call. I'm in Vegas. I love Las Vegas. Let's go. We all love Vegas. You know, we said that. I got to run, buddy. Thank you. You know, again, never wanted to leave Oakland, rooted in Oakland. They chose a city like Vegas to throw a party, a global party for the Raider Nation. The stadium's incredible. The practice facility. What Mark Davis is thinking of developing next. Wink, wink. Everything that's happening here. It's Vegas. I live here. It's incredibly fun. And when you come in for a game, hopefully you can come to more in years to come and and experience what the city has. You know, the city is a great place for people to come and meet and have fun. Isn't that what the Raiders are about? Having a place that's a global headquarters where anybody can get to around the world, then they know it's Vegas. Hotel rooms, a football stadium, gambling 24 hours a day. Sounds like a good fit to me. Michael and Temecula. Go ahead, Michael. What's happening? Oh, it's a pleasure, JT. Really pleasure. Thank you. Uh, great avenue to have, great station. Oh, thank God. But anyway, as many has pointed out about the offense, being critical, holding on to the ball, our leader, uh, DC. I know Radio Regia. Silver and Black Panther mentioned a name uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Cleland Farrell, I should say. Mm-hmm. I want, and one name I want to add in there is uh, Merrig. 
you know, also mm-hmm. uh, playing that cover three in there. Uh, you know, he played well, and he's our center fielder. So, you know, as long as the DB doesn't bite on those double takes, he has a. I think he has one of the most critical positions to play this Saturday, uh, playing that center field and not getting beat over the top with them uh, <laughs> fast receivers yeah. that they have. Uh, just that's uh, one take that I observed, but I know uh, all facets of the game, special team, defense, and offense, but I want to throw Merrick's uh, importance in the game this Saturday. Yep. I agree with you. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Merrick's in a tough spot. He's a rookie. But, you know, Jamar Chase is too, and he's a great player. you got two rookies. The best young wide receiver in the league, Jamar Chase, and one of the best young free safeties in football in Trayvon Merrick. And the deeper Merrick can play and just play conservative, play deep, play back. And But the Raiders linebackers are not good against the pass traditionally. They're a little bit slow against the pass. Perryman. K.J. Wright, these are players that are getting up there in age, and they're not elite against the pass. And Burrow's going to want to attack the linebackers in the passing game. So Merrick's got to figure out if he's going to bite, if he's going to jump in, what he's going to do. But I just like him to play center field and be a little bit conservative in this game because these guys can run, and they can get behind you. They didn't in that first game. Jamar Chase didn't have a big game, but he scored that one touchdown in the red zone when he got behind Jonathan Abram. Well, let's get out to Allen here in Las Vegas. Hello, Allen. JT, as a student, I've learned to do my research before I present a project. And I wish the media, the national media, would do the same. It's not Vesakia. It's not Vesatia. Rich Vesatia, the head coach of the Raiders. And he deserves to be coach of the year and head coach for next season. This guy has done an incredible job. And one uh, one point of emphasis that I haven't seen or heard anyone bring up, there were no penalties on the offensive line, especially mm-hmm. on Leatherwood and Parker. No pre-snap penalties. I, I just kind of wonder what he told them before the game to get them focused and also play more disciplined. Yeah, the line allowed three sacks. That's okay. You know what? It, they've played – they're playing a whole lot more cleaned up, more disciplined, and we need that same discipline going into tomorrow, especially on the road. One day left because of travel. Hey, that's okay. Our team has played uncomfortable all season. What's one last day? I'd rather take the game right now tomorrow. I'd rather play right now. Yeah, I would rather play now too, but they need that extra they need that extra day off. Appreciate the call. They need that they, it would have been great if they it would have been great if they weren't playing on Saturday, if they were playing on Sunday. Monday would have been epic to have an extra day off there, but the league sets it up. They have their playoff format, and they're going to go with their playoff format the way they want it. I don't like it. I thought the Raiders got screwed. Here's three opportunities that we know the Raiders got screwed this year. I'll give you four. And, again, it's scheduling, so we can cry all about it. Going back to last year, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay comes in on their way to a world championship. Raiders were in COVID. The whole offensive line didn't practice. And Jonathan Abram didn't practice that week. They took the game out of Sunday night football, flexed it earlier. So the Raiders were at a disadvantage with COVID. Instead of pushing the game back, which was a big conversation, moving the game back, they moved the game up on the Raiders. Pretty obvious there. Then the Baker Mayfield game. They moved Cleveland from Saturday to Monday to try to get Baker Mayfield back. Then the Carson Wentz game, where he tested positive for COVID, unvaccinated, and he had five days instead of 10 days to sit out. 
And now after the epic Sunday night game, they make them play the first game on Saturday. Hey, coming up next, my conversation with the head coach, Rich Passaccia. Don't miss it. That's next. That's next.